Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm Jane Nakata, your host, a New Zealander living in northern Japan in Fukushima Prefecture for 16 years now. I am the creator of Jumpstart, the online course that wakes you up from living your life on autopilot, and the creator of the Women in Japan Mastermind. Our next intake for the Women in Japan Mastermind is starting now. It's open now. So if you're listening to this and it's before March 8th, you still have time to submit your application. So we will be starting on March 13th. So I'd love to get you all registered and set up with your introductory one-to-one call with me to get you on the right path before we start with our first call on March 13th. So make sure you submit your application. You can find out how to do that by looking in the show notes for this episode and, yeah, find out how you can do that. So we'll be working on your project to get you going where you want to go in your life so that you can be living your best life in Japan. So if you are someone who wants to blame things on Japan, this is not the mastermind for you, okay? Um, We are making the most of living in this country. We are taking advantage of our situation living in Japan. So if that sounds like you, if you're ready to change your mindset and to, yeah, really take hold of the responsibility for your life living in Japan and doing what and having the life and doing the the work or the project that you want to do, then this is the mastermind for you. So I'd love to have you join us. And if you have any questions, please just contact me on Instagram. I'm at Jane Nakata or on Facebook, Transformations with Jane. Now this um, mastermind will be online, completely online. Um, But there is some face-to-face. We are going to have a VIP day here in uh, Iwaki City. And we are going to have a very, very awesome in-person VIP day here. That's Otherwise, it's online and it's completely in English. So if you are thinking, "Mm, my English is not good enough, well, let me be the judge of that. But also, um, I will be conducting an in-person mastermind group here in Iwaki City that will be starting in April. So if you are in Iwaki City and you'd like to meet face-to-face with me to work on your projects together, then that is an option for you. That will be in Japanese. So uh, please contact me if you're interested in that. So let's get on with today's Uh, guest. We have Erin today from Off on a Whim. Now that is the name of her um, jewelry store, her online jewelry store. So she came to Japan over 30 years ago. So she's one of my senpais, dai senpais. And she currently lives in Wakayama, which is near Osaka. And you'll hear it's not very, doesn't take her too long to get to Osaka. Um, Yeah, so 
do listen to this. She has lots of good information for people who are, you know, still adjusting to life in Japan. We talk about some of her funny um, Japanese language mistakes that she's made along the um, over the years, and her advice after living in Japan for over thirty years. You can also find out about her. Um, the KA, it's called the KA International Mothers Facebook group. So we've got links for that in the show notes. Also the links for her online jewelry store off on a whim. And so definitely check out those. You'll hear more about them in this episode. So I hope you enjoy. Please listen. Here we go. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Thanks you for coming today. Hi, Jane. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very nervous. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard and I've seen. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming today. So, Erin, you're down in Osaka. Uh, actually, Wakayama, but close to the Osaka border. So... I'm not, not that far from Osaka. So Wakayama, tell us about what Wakayama is like. Um, where we live is really beautiful out in the countryside near the famous Mount Koya, Koya-san. Um, it's a quiet little city. Uh, mostly elderly live here. So it's a good place to raise your kids because it's safe and quiet and small communities. Wakayama itself is full of beautiful nature, and it's famous for fruit, especially fruit, uh, persimmons, mikans, and uh, ume is very famous in this area. So we get a lot of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables that are grown in the area, really cheap. And for that, we're really lucky. Yeah, that sounds like a great place to be, but you can get to Osaka fairly quickly if you want to have a bit of excitement in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I go into Osaka at least once a week to teach. Right. It takes about 45 to 50 minutes by train on the Nankai line. Okay. So it's convenient enough. I'm not so deep in Wakayama that I'm trapped in the middle of nowhere. That sounds very doable, 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm two and a half hours from Tokyo. Oh so my gosh. To get to Tokyo, it's a bit of a mission. Is that by Shinkansen or by regular train? By fast, by fast Express. train. Express okay. train. Yeah. Still quite fast. Hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a bit how, of a trick. How often do you manage to get into Tokyo? Yeah, well, I like, almost never go there um, unless, except for the like the last few months, I've been going like, every month i've been in december i've been in january i'm going this month and i'm going next month as well so recently i've been going way more than usual so um by bus yeah i get on the old bus and that's oh, about that. three hours okay, with all the red lights and traffic well, yeah but half the cost so okay yeah, if i'm really in a hurry i'll go on the train and if not then i'll usually take the bus and hope for no traffic jams uh -huh. uh, yeah so yeah, I'm a little bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice location. Yeah, I love living like somewhere where it's just peaceful. 
Yeah, I really yeah. loved it. I, I lived for like 10 years in Tokyo and I really didn't like it. Just the noise and the people. And then we moved to Osaka City and I was going nuts. I told my husband, I have to get out of here. I'm going to have a breakdown. Right. So that's when we moved out here about 20 years ago, I think. We've been in the city. Right, 20 years. Awesome. So you're I know. local, right? <laughs> Just about a local. Just about. <laughs> yeah. So when I tell people, yeah, I've lived here for 16 years in this city, um, like people are surprised. Yeah. Are there many other foreigners around who've been there for as long as you in your part of Wakayama? Yeah. Actually, my friend Claire lives down the road and she, I, she hasn't been in Japan as long as me, but for a fairly long time. And then in the next city over, there's another foreign woman, American woman, who's been in her city longer than I have and in Japan about the same amount of time. Yes, so he, yeah, 20 years is like, um, well, you're longer than me. I'm 16, right? So you're my senpai. And, oh, yeah, I've been here a while. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, like, is it 20 years that you came to Japan or that you've, You've been in Wakayama. Uh, you must have been here longer, yeah? Yeah, I came in 1985, so okay. this is 30, 33 years officially. Right. Going on 34. Yeah. But, um, like, you must have seen, like, a huge change in Japan during that time. Yeah, Japan has changed a lot in a lot of ways, and in some ways it hasn't changed at all. Um, you the availability of alcohol, for instance, in vending machines, it's not as available as it used to be when I first arrived in Japan or, yeah, the, um, it's become more technological. Like, um, when I came, the train guys, there was the train guys at the stations that would clip all your tickets when you go through and you have to return them when you leave the train line. Right. And now you've got the machines to stick them through and little things like that, that over time you don't realize what a big change it is. Yeah. And I definitely notice in the 16 years, like the, the way that food has just become so much more international over the yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And during Oshogatsu, when I first came, everything closed down for those three days at the start of the new year and you had to go shopping or you would literally have nothing because you couldn't just pop out to buy something. And now almost everything is open, all the major supermarkets and the convenience stores. That is um, true. Yes. Yeah. I remember my first Osho got and thinking, Oh my God, when will this end? Can we, <laughs> <laughs> right? Can we get back to normal? <laughs> yeah. It didn't have anything to do with me that year. Like I was just traveling and found it really inconvenient. Nothing was open to eat. And we had to eat it like Yoshinoya all the time or something, you know, like <laughs> three meals of Yoshinoya in a day or something. Yeah. yeah you have to, you used to have to prepare for it. Smoking too. Like um, Japan still really lacks about smoking in, in restaurants and stuff, but it's changed a lot. Like when I first came there, smoking on the trains and smoking in the department stores. There's basically no laws on smoking. Right and in the eighties, right now they've they've uh, made a lot of improvement for the safety, the help, the sake of the public. Yeah, there's still I, room for improvement. 
Definitely, yeah. But it, if I think back to, yeah, there's been made some major improvements. I remember when I first started working at a junior high school, they had like the smoking room for the teachers in just off the teacher's room. It was like right next door and the smoke would all drift out into the teacher's room. And then they made a law that you couldn't smoke on the premises. You had to go out the gate so that okay. they could smoke in their own cars, um, which was a huge improvement from right. having that one smoky room contaminating things or like the trains, like they used to have the smoking cars and the trains. Yeah. And if you got stuck in one of those, it was yeah, terrible, it was wasn't horrible. it? It was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. I remember now things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And you know, we rarely used to see foreigners on TV and now it seems like every show is about the foreigners are doing this or, you know, Yes. What do foreigners think of Japanese food? Top 10 rankings. I'm like, yay. Yeah. yeah. Contributing so much to Japanese TV these days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And our kids are a little more accepted um, being, you know, dual, dual citizens or bicultural, a lot more accepted in the school systems than they used to be. Yeah, I think there's been some progress there, definitely. Um, <clears throat> that's for sure. So yeah, we, we just like dived right on in there and skipped over the fact <laughs> of like, like who you are, what you do. So let's just go back a little minute and okay. please just sort of quickly introduce yourself for the, for those listeners who don't know you. Okay. So my name is Erin and, um, I live in Wakayama. We already went over that. I'm a mother of four. I've, um, my oldest will be 25 in a couple of days, and my youngest is 12. Uh, I'm almost an empty nester, you know, um, two are independent, one is moving out in a couple months, and then just the little guy will be at home, so he'll be in junior high next month, no, from the next school season, he'll be in junior high school, so I'll have a lot more free time, I think, well, not free time, but uh, less mommy, being a mommy time, yeah, you're um, off to school. You won't see him till six or seven o'clock at night, right? Yeah, probably, <laughs> and not not on many weekends either. Exactly. If he joins a club, yeah, yeah. And um, I have been a teacher, of course, an English teacher for about twenty three years officially. And before that, I was more like a, I guess you would say, um, a nanny to the foreign community, taking care of kids and being there when their parents were busy and being a part of different families. I did that for a number of years. And um, now about seven years ago, I established my own jewelry business. So I make jewelry and I've been working to build that up so I can pull out of teaching as much as possible and focus on, you know, doing what I really would like to do with my time. Yeah. yeah, good. So um, tell us a little bit about your jewelry business. What's it called? Okay, so my jewelry business is off on a whim. And the reason it was called that, you know, um, people often are like, why'd you name it that? And it's been suggested that I actually change the name because um, it's kind of an odd name. But what happened is um, I saw this bracelet in a shop and I really loved it but it was just out of my budget so i went down to the um 
craft shop and I bought a few parts. You know, I, it was a big investment of about 1,500 yen. <laughs> and mm. um, I came home and looked up a tutorial and made, made that bracelet myself. And I posted a picture. Look, I guess I'm really off on a whim. Look what I made. Because I'd never made jewelry in my life. I had no real interest in doing that previously. And a few people were like, oh, are you selling those? Can I buy it? Are you making more? And I, instead of automatically saying no, I just said, oh, uh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how it started. And I was like, well, I guess I need a Facebook page to start this because I don't know anything about business. And I named it Off on a Whim, and that's how it grew from there. Wow. Yeah, and I still don't really have an official web page at all. I've been trying for a few years, (laughs) but (laughs) I have Facebook and Etsy, and that's about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it works, doesn't it? Like it's worked so far. I'm sure I could do better if I got a little more uh, business sense, but I get too busy, you know, because all my work is custom. Not all; ninety percent of it is custom. So I have to communicate with customers and design it to, you know, with the stone. I work a lot with stones, gemstones, or natural stones, or Japanese power stones. Mm. And my idea was to make it customized to the person, like what colors or um, energy do they want included in the piece. So it's a lot of back and forth, and I've be, I think I've become known as someone to go to if you need a specialized, customized piece of jewelry for yourself or your a gift for somebody. And it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed that that interaction with people and just taking their dream or their vision and trying to bring it to reality in yeah. a piece of jewelry. Yeah, that's really cool. Isn't it? Like, and I'm so excited to hear that that it wasn't like, oh, I've always known I wanted to make jewelry, and you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> right? One day you were walking along and you decided to make a bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> with your business, and yeah, that's great. And you, like, you, you're not doing it like perfectly. There's no amazing website, and no, you know, it's just taking small steps forward you know you've got your Facebook page you've been on Etsy and you've got a you've got a name and you've got a logo and yeah these things are happening step by step working here and there on it and then um what was I going to say totally forgot oh well (laughs) (laughs) but it's been a fun journey I really enjoyed it and it's brought me a lot of happiness yeah and I like how um, that through your business, like you get to meet and maybe get to know quite a few people who want to commission a, a piece, right? Yeah. So I Skype with people sometimes, a lot of email or messenger communication. Um, in my local area, I'll often meet up with people and I might bring stones with me so they can actually lay out their own pattern and play with the materials and figure out what they want. Very good. So it does bring me a lot of interaction, even though my business is pretty much online only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next uh, this year, I plan to start teaching more classes. Like I'm hoping my goal is once a month to actually teach a physical jewelry making class somewhere in Osaka or in Wakayama. I have a few places set up for it, and I have a few ideas of 
people I will approach who have locations for it mm. and would, you know, and combine like English and jewelry making and see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be loads of like Japanese people who would be interested in doing something different using English. I hope so. Yeah, because I mean, I know as well as, you know, working as a teacher, my students are just dying for opportunities to use English. Yeah, in, in a different situation. setting. Yeah, somewhere real that's not sitting in front of a textbook. And right. come away with, you know, having practiced English, but also with something that they've made themselves, like a piece of jewelry, that's very cool. So, yeah. I think it would be a fun experience and it, it might take off or it might not, you know, it's, it's all on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. See how it goes. Do one, see how it goes. That's good. Yes. So there you go. Um, if you're listening to this episode and you're in the Wakayama Osaka area, you might be able to actually take part in one of these classes when they come out so make sure you're following off on a whim on facebook so you hear about it right because that's where yeah. you're posting about it yeah yeah facebook's the best place because even my quote unquote monthly newsletter does not come out <laughs> i think i got two out last year <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's not biannual but it's six monthly that six monthly newsletter yeah. right year <laughs> right now <laughs> Yeah, so if, um, go and find Off on a Whim on Facebook and, and like the page. You can hear all about the, those jewelry classes and we've given you a bit of a motivation to get that happening. Yeah, yes, talking about yeah. it, making it real. Yeah. <laughs> You're pushing me into it. This yeah. is how most of my projects get done. Someone pushes me into it. I'm the same. Like, <laughs> this is how we're even talking today on this podcast is, you know, someone said to me, why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, why don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are yeah that's so cool that's my personality type too as well I, yeah. yeah as soon as someone's expecting me to do something it, it gets done that's I when just, you do it if i just quietly think of i'd like to do something nothing will happen and it'll stay yes <laughs> just as a thought so, under yeah. the kotatsu and read a book mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's good to talk about these things and get them out there and and they come to life don't they mm. yeah so how did you come to be in japan like back in the 80s back in the 80s so uh my dad came over to japan when i was uh 16 with my siblings and shortly after he arrived here he married a japanese woman and then we just ended up staying we didn't need to leave for visa purposes because of the marriage right and um we have a few more siblings added on to that since then. And um, then I got married, my husband's Japanese, so I and my children were born here. My plan was originally to leave when the youngest had graduated from elementary or junior high and return back to the States, but it didn't quite work out that way, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, now the kids are grown up and people often ask me, are you going to move back to the States? And my answer is I will, ha I will be where my kids are. So if my children decide that they want to build their life in Japan, then that's where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. And if they decide they want to build their life in the States and that's where I would try to get to. So I just can't bear the thought of being a continent away from them. That's been very hard for me to be that far away from my family it 
takes its toll on you emotionally. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a big motivator for me too. If my kids were like, yeah, we're moving to New Zealand, mom, you know, like when they're older. Yes. Like, what am I doing here then? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it might be quite like that. I can imagine. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Well now you're getting more and more flexible with your jewelry business. You know, you just, yeah, you could potentially move to the States in the future. Yeah, eventually if I can build it up to that point where I don't have to rely on teaching, then I could do it almost anywhere, travel around and um, yeah. work from any, almost any location. I still need a little bit of a studio. Yes, obviously with all the stones and yeah, the tools and bobs that you need. Yes. <laughs> that could be quite the, the suitcase that you could have. <laughs> yeah, Mary Poppins suitcase. <laughs> oh, very good. So, um, I've not heard a story like that. So you came here quite young, like when you were 16, you arrived in Japan. Yeah. And did you go to school in Japan? Uh, no, I finished my high school by correspondence. And then I started learning how to be a teacher. And so I did never, I've never studied Japanese officially um, or traditionally, um, whichever. I've never gone to Japanese classes. So everything I've learned has been from talking to, you know, neighbors or friends or children in the classroom, teachers at the schools I teach at. Mm -hmm. Right. And how would, so like having like gone through that, that system of learning, how would you say your Japanese is now then? Um, it's conversational, but it's not at a business level. So I can't do translation or interpretation. That wouldn't work for me. Um, but I can hold a conversation pretty well. Sometimes I screw up, you know, on one little syllable and completely misinterpret the whole meaning of the sentence. And that's a little embarrassing or funny. We have a good laugh. But generally, I'm able to hold normal conversations with people. Yeah, that's great. Like, um, you know, uh, amongst my listeners, there are, you know, varying levels of like Japanese ability. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's just interesting to hear how different people have acquired the language. Like, uh -huh. you know, did they learn in school or by osmosis or <laughs> whatever? Yeah, I guess I'm osmosis. Kind of osmosis method. Yeah. Interesting. And I know some people who are listening have given up. You know, they're just like, oh, this is too hard. Yeah. Um, and some days you will have those experiences where it's just like, why am I trying to learn this language, you know? Um, but I just think um, like not giving up and just giving it another go another day is the way to go. And a few years later, you'll look back and go, wow, look, I've actually, I can understand this now and I couldn't before. Um, yeah. 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 I did go to like a year and a half of casual lessons locally. And that actually really helped my grammar a lot. Mm -hmm. Like my vocabulary is large, but my my grammar really suffers. Sure. It's actually starting to suffer in English too. I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Stuff sometimes languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to really keep out, uh, work on keeping our English up to speed. Don't we? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I understand totally. Yeah, definitely. 
So, if, you have, if you have a chance to study some formal Japanese, as in actually sit down and study it with a teacher, it can benefit you a lot. Yes, I think so too. Like if you come to it, you know, through osmosis and then even then take some classes that can clear up a lot of the, like, why am I saying this? Or yes, know, a lot of those sort of mysteries yes. um, for you. And then it can get sort of put rocket boosters on you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good advice there for people who are sort of struggling with the Japanese thing, which, you know, it's, it's sort of never over. Is it really like learning Japanese? No. no. Cause Japanese on. is a difficult one to learn. <laughs> Just keeps going and going. Yeah, yeah, we're always learning. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so one thing we haven't talked about yet, which um, I really want to touch on, is your Facebook, is the Facebook group that you're an admin for. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so it's actually, it's not a public group. It's, it's a secret group because just for the privacy's sake, and it's a collection of non-Japanese mothers living, mostly living in Japan. I mean, sometimes women come in and then they move, but, you know, they don't leave the group necessarily. Um, and we've always welcomed them to stay because you make friendships and you get used to interacting with them. Um, it's just mainly set up as a place for women to... Um, get help, answers on questions, you know, what does this paper I got from the kindergarten mean because I can't read the kanji and my husband's gone, or mm. um, who do I call because my electricity has been turned off or it's gone out and I don't know where to go to get help. Or even, you know, more serious things like someone, you know, had an accident and they might need some physical help. So whoever's around often jump in to go and assist. It's mostly a support group and a place to kind of air out frustrations with the system, the school system, or maybe life as a mother in Japan and get some, you know, get some encouragement or assistance in other ways that you might need. Yeah. That's basically it, I think. Yeah. So um, that's quite a big group though, isn't it? Like there's, 700 or something uh, 600, oh, 600 something 630 yeah. maybe yeah, yeah so um when facebook first established groups way back seven maybe seven years ago um i was just like there surely has to be other women in my situation in the country in this country so i actually put a message on it was tell and sell japan back then Right. Yahoo group and another Yahoo group. And I said, hey, I started this group if you want to join. And that's pretty much, and, I, and then I manhandled a few of my friends into it. <laughs> that's, and it sort of grew from there and to where it is now. And it's generally a nice group. People are, pop, people are encouraging and supportive and understanding of the problems that we face or the mistakes that we make here, being a parent in general, as well as being a parent in a foreign country. Yeah, so it's, it's aimed at like um, women who have children mostly, isn't it? Yeah, so. Yeah, you do have to have a children. You don't have to have a husband, but you do need to have children. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the, the, um, the question yeah. yeah yeah when you join the requirement is you are 
either pregnant or about you or you already have children yeah yes so um it's a great resource for for mothers especially and you know if this is your first time around the block with having your baby in japan there's a lot of yeah a lot of support in there as well because it's so confusing sometimes isn't it oh my gosh yes yeah I mean, I've, I've raised, put kids in the system here for 20 years and I still mess up on a regular basis with school related stuff. Yeah. And like, even like, even my husband who's Japanese and went through the school system himself has no idea what we're doing. Like, because this is our (laughs) first time, like my daughter just started the first grade in April, right? uh, Last year. So she's about to go into the second grade and we were just clueless and you know he's supposed to you know he's obviously from this country and went through <laughs> himself you know and we had no idea and we we're like what do we need and yeah so i have a feeling a lot of other women are in the same situation yeah, exactly. <laughs> with clueless husbands <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um together yeah we can find your way through and i'm sure um yeah, like anything, like having babies, all that stuff. It can be really confusing the first time around the block. So yeah, it's a great resource for women who are living in Japan. So go and check that out. And um, are we allowed to say what it's called so people can find it? Yeah, we have a Facebook page. So if you wanted, if you want to join, just message me there, and I can add you into the group. Okay, so I will add a link for the Facebook page okay. to the show notes for the group. It's called the KA Mother International Mothers Mothers That's the one. The KA and what <laughs> KA stands for. Because for ages it's like, what's KA? You don't do you know now? I do know now. <laughs> it's the big it's the big laugh. Um so one day one of the mo- mothers posted about her husband just slept on the couch all day ignoring the family and not being any help. And I'm like, he needs a good K in the A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know how it happened, but somehow the group evolved into that name. Originally it was just the international mothers in Japan. Right. Group. But uh, yeah, we tacked on the KA. So. Yeah. A bit of an attitude there, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. I was so pleased to work out what that meant eventually. So. <laughs> I always wonder when new members are going to ask, what does that mean, by yeah. the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, so um, we asked the members of the KA International Mothers Group um, what. Uh, for some questions for you yeah so that we can answer their questions live so um what i'm just gonna do quickly while we're chatting here keeping it real is just check that nobody else has posted anything last minute no it looks like we're all good okay so um yeah we have some questions for you from your members so i hope you guys are listening yeah that you get your question (laughs) answered on the show very fun so um the first question comes from kimberly and she asks, uh, do you think you're treated differently or more accepted by Japanese society because you're a mother and has it changed since your kids were little? What do you think? So that is really hard for me to answer because I think I have never fully immersed myself into the society. Mm-hmm. So um I pretty much don't care if I'm accepted or not accepted. It's not like I've 
paid much attention to it. I've just kind of lived my life around everything that's going on. I, I know that I'm not as accepted as other Japanese mothers are into the local community, whether that's because of the language or because I am a foreigner. I don't know, but um, it doesn't really bother me so much because I, I'm pretty busy, I guess. And um, I've never considered myself um, a full resident of the country, if that makes any sense. Like in my mind, I've always been here temporarily. <sighs> 33 <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here temporarily. So I don't attach myself to the area or the people in the area. And that makes it easier for me to ignore any sort of rejection or condescending attitudes. A condescending attitude, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just live my life and not really care about it too much. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say that, and this is going to sound not really great, but in the foreign ranking, being a... Uh, female Caucasian ranks pretty high and that's not really fair at all but you get a lot more respect I've noticed that I get a lot more respect than my Asian foreign counterparts do and that oh. kind of, that makes me a little upset yeah. when I see that happening yeah I didn't realize either myself what a privileged sort of position I had until I really got to know some people from other countries like I've got Sri Lankan friends and just the mm -hmm. that they get is, is it's different and it's mm. not the best and I've gotten quite upset over that a few times in the past mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I'd have to add like I guess for me having lived in the same only in the one town and especially in the same neighborhood for the last eight years um, becoming a house owner mm -hmm. meant that I became more accepted because okay. I committed to this neighborhood by buying a house here, uh -huh. building a house and taking part in the neighborhood bits and bobs that go on that uh -huh. I never had before when I was in an apartment, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so when living in an apartment, you are pretty much ignored by the neighborhood because you are considered to be transient. Uh-huh. But here if there are no apartments, like you own a house and then you are part of the neighborhood. So that was sort of one thing I noticed. But especially once my children came along, um, people were just more sort of willing not willing to talk to me perhaps. It was like the kids were like an opening to come and and talk and get to know me and realize that I was, you know, just an average normal person and mm -hmm. And also my dog has also helped that. <laughs> I've made so many friends around in my neighborhood. Yeah, right. My and dog. everyone will come talk to the dog. <laughs> and so like fellow dog owning people as well. But just in general, like people, it's an opening. It's a conversation starter. And yeah, having a dog and having kids made me more, you know, less scary. And, you know, even though I'm, you know, Caucasian woman yeah um, yeah so more approachable approachable very approachable and you know I find I found my life has become easier mm -hmm. in that respect because of the kit thanks to the kits you know yeah uh, 
it's not oh look there's a foreigner it's like oh wow there's a foreigner with two little kids and oh aren't they cute it's a totally different vibe that's um, good yeah um, so it's nice in that respect i have to say yeah but also perhaps my confidence has grown as well whereas i used to walk around going don't notice me don't notice me please don't notice that i'm a foreigner oh my god someone spotted me oh my god someone's <laughs> talking about me oh my god i'm so embarrassed you know i used to walk i honestly used to walk around like that now i walk around like okay who here has noticed me um who do i need to sort of smile at and say hello to and be pleasant <laughs> to you know um it's a different way of approaching the same situation you know yes. and with uh, approaching it positively and giving people you know a good experience rather than trying to hide and um and being like just dreading anyone yes yeah. oh my god foreigner um yeah I went through a period of depression about 19 years ago when I realized everywhere I went, people were watching me and it really hit me hard. And I kind of holed up in my house for a while. Right. didn't want to go out. And then we got Amazon and internet and email. And so I could start communicating with my family more and that really helped pull me out of it. Yeah. That must've been like, yeah, it didn't used to be that easy to, contact your family right you know no it was like <laughs> Back in the a day. three dollar a minute phone call once yeah. a year for exactly. christmas <laughs> that was my christmas present <laughs> <laughs> yep i remember those phone box phone calls home and oh yeah. my goodness the blistering heat and the freezing cold and the, some old man wanting to come and use the phone while you're trying to talk to your family and oh goodness <laughs> we're so lucky now that's really yes good. Mm. yeah okay so that was a good question from Kimberly. thank you so much for your question and the next one i have is from and i'm i'm sorry if i make a mistake with your name here is it arimathea or arimathea or arimathea arimathea yeah she'll probably let us know thank you I'm, I'm sorry. so um what she says, oh, her question is, what is your best cringe-worthy language blunder that you can laugh about now? And this, this was a great question because so many people in the group piped up with their own original, their own ones that they'd done. And it was like, yeah, we're all struggling, but we're getting there. So what, how about you? Um, well, there's a few um, around the same time when I was just starting to put the language together and interact a lot more with my local community when I had kids. And uh, I think one that was pretty embarrassing is when I somehow managed to tell my new housewife friends that I had spent the, all, the whole day in the garden picking my nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was like, um, flower is hana, and then I couldn't think of a word for, you know, grass or weeds. So I used kuso, which is like dirt or gomi. So I was like, I was in the garden pulling out hana kuso. <laughs> they fell apart. That was a little funny. Yeah. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, around that time, I did a few. I introduced myself to all my new neighbors as the new goldfish in town. The new goldfish? <laughs> I had Kingo? mixed up Kingjo and Kingjo. Oh, okay. You're right. So they were like, what? 
most of them were like straight faced, but the last neighbor I was introducing myself to, she just broke out laughing her head off. And I was like, uh oh, what did I just say? <laughs> and did you think that perhaps you'd gone around the last three or four people and said the same? Exactly I assumed that I did because I had my sentence kind of all spelled out exactly right. what I was going to say. Right. And I put it together myself. So the grammar sucks, but I had Atarashi Kinjo Suzuki this. Somehow Kinjo came out as Kingyo. Kingyo. <laughs> they're like, yeah. The last one was like, what the heck? <laughs> right. You're hilarious. <laughs> I bet that was a nice sort of conversation starter, yeah. Yeah, she invited me over a few times and we got to be friends and that was nice to have a little friend right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the, like, there was quite a few that, in the group that people posted their um, their language boo-boos. Yeah, those were funny. <laughs> funny thread. So one, one of, but I think I just picked out one that was my favorite and that was Erica's one. Um, she said that she mixed up Oshiri, which is your bottom, uh, <laughs> your end, and Oshire, which is the closet where you put the food on. Yeah, that was but, funny. But then she said something about both are big and so, oh well, you know. <laughs> Oshiri and Oshiri. Both are big, so it can apply. Yeah, same. Oshiri is a hard one. I've mixed that up with stuff like Shirugo, which is the... Um, bean soup with mochi inside of it and i yeah. mixed that up with shiriko and chiruko and told people i was going to be eating bat soup, <laughs> bat soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get like um what is it um kuroke and uh korogi mixed up really kuroke korogi kuroke or something like that yeah and oh, i'm that must talking be about the kuroke Koroke in the trees singing at <laughs> autumn or something like <laughs> trying to say korogi. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, all good. Yeah. Um, and so like my um my husband doesn't use the word oshiri, right? Because he's from Totori, like he says oketsu. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and so like I thought that was like normal to say that, uh -huh. and I didn't know that up here in Tohoku, like women do not use that word. And, oh really? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I used to get laughed at for saying these words that are like a Kansai area sort of version of Japanese that a man would use. <laughs> using that Japanese up here in Tohoku, I get quite a few laughs, and my daughter is really good at using my husband's Japanese and she will entertain <laughs> her. Um, you know, she'll come out with these phrases that she's learned from her father um, that little girls in this part of Japan don't say, you know, like talk that way. Yeah. yeah. So she's, I That's think, funny. So I asked her the other day what she wants to be. And she said, it's either an influencer or mm -hmm. um, a comedian. And I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> comedian. And she actually wants she wants to be a tante on the Tante Night Scoop TV show. Oh, that's down in Kansai. That we were on the show last year, so this is how she knows about. Okay, it. it's very part of the education in our families to watch that TV show regularly. Okay. Oh, I hope she gets there. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> she sent in her own request the other day to the show. 
Oh, really? Up a story and she wrote a letter and so my husband sent it in. So I'm not sure what will happen, but anyway. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So yeah, a bit of fun. Yeah. So those were some of the questions that we had from the group. So thank you uh, for, to everyone who wrote your questions in. And um, yeah, if... Um, yeah, if you have any other questions for Erin that we didn't get to or, you know, we've missed you because you were too late or something for the um, to answer them, then please just post them in the group anyway. I'm sure she'll be happy to answer them for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really nice to hear from, you know, people who have been in Japan longer than you, have been, like I've, I've used the phrase around the block, but have, have done it more than you. And just to hear okay, so these things do happen even to the people who have been here for a while, you know, like it's not, yeah. nothing wrong with me. I'm not useless. This is yeah, no, it's a hard country to live in and being a foreign mother raising a family just adds on to the difficulty. Uh, totally. And the culture is probably very different from your home country culture that you were raised in. So navigating it all, it's not an easy life to choose. No, it's definitely, if you want an easy life, <laughs> it's not the place to come, right? No, I have no. to really admire all those women who do it and put all their energy into it, despite the challenges that are always thrown in your path, you know, and Japan is an intense country for a parent. Mm, yeah. It's an interesting country before you become a parent, but once you become a parent is when the cultural differences become really obvious and you, it's becomes like a different country entirely than what you might have come to it in, uh, originally. That is true. Yeah. You definitely get a different view of the country um, depending on what life stage you're at. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's for sure. And things change as you move through those different stages as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm, and you know, but I'm sure our Japanese female counterparts would say like they have no idea what they're doing either and they feel like crap some days as well and that they're not doing it right and yeah and that's that, so, true yeah we just have the language barrier on top and the different cultural sort of things to try and grapple with yeah yeah like there's some things if you hadn't grown up here you would not even know were a thing you know like taking your laundry in at 5 p.m Mm -hmm. I I never knew that for 20 years. I didn't know that. I just left it out there all night long. Tell me about this. What is this that you can't leave your laundry out overnight? <laughs> <laughs> what is this information I've missed? It's a social <laughs> rule that every housewife in Japan knows about, except those who were not raised here as a child. <laughs> okay, it's five o'clock. Basically, before the sun goes down, you bring your laundry in, and there's a reason for it is because of the evening dew will get it all dewy and wet. So you bring it in. Well, that is true. Sense. Yeah, we'll get down. But, I mean, for someone like me, I just if I forget to bring it in, I'll leave it out another day and bring it in. You know, right. Yeah. Or the next next day, whenever I get to it. Yeah. Oh, like if it's raining, mm -hmm. and they're like, you see all of the Japanese people like rushing to get their washing in, and I'm like. Ah, it'll dry again. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, oh, your laundry is melting. Like, it's not melting. <laughs> My laundry will survive. <laughs> yeah. Because that dirty rain, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could talk for hours about the difference in laundry um, processes <laughs> yeah, right? in this country. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was a, like an unspoken, potentially unspoken rule about the, you know, get the laundry in. I can sort of see how your laundry gets damp if you leave it out. Yes. Um, but if, yeah, if you forgot, what's the point of bringing it in and then putting it out again the next day? Just Yeah, well, I guess the point is most Japanese housewives just, they don't forget. <laughs> Well, you'd hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Get fired. No. Um, yeah. My only concern would be bugs, like mm-hmm. finding their way onto my laundry overnight and then like accidentally bringing them inside. Yeah. But not or, that it doesn't happen in the daytime, but like loads of bugs somehow. Yeah. Getting up camp overnight. <laughs> my laundry would be yeah, yeah. We once had a underwear thief coming into our yard, taking my underwear and my daughter's underwear. Oh, so we started bringing it in every night mm-hmm. um, because of that. But then we moved in our laundry areas on the balcony. So we stopped bringing it in every night. Okay. Yeah. You got to watch out for those underwear thieves, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Cause those were like my brand new Victoria's Secrets underwear oh, that disappeared. And I'm a like, connoisseur. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the underwear thief does exist a in Japan. Scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, good times. <laughs> Love a good um culture clash story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, so before we go, okay. um, do you have uh, any last messages for our listeners? Like if you could just give them one piece of advice that that would make their life happier oh, in Japan. I read, yeah, I read a quote the other day that really inspired me and I have to keep reminding myself of, and I can't remember the exact wording, but basically you only fail when you quit. Right. And just, you know, in living your life in Japan or trying something new or going a new direction, don't give up on it too soon, even when it's all falling apart or it looks like it's not going to um, succeed. You you will only fail when you quit. So just keep working at it, putting your energy into it bit by bit. You know, stepping back when you need to, but going, never giving up going forward on it. Yeah, that's good advice. You've only failed if you just choose not to continue. Or Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would also add, like, taking the time to stop and see how far you've come as well. That's like, a good one. You know, like, we can just keep saying, you know, I still don't know. I still don't understand this language. I still, you know, I'm not perfect. I still make all these mistakes. But if you look at, if you actually t- stop, turn around and look at what you can do now, like, mm-hmm. you can be just, it can change your whole perception of where you are um, yeah. with your life in Japan and just be like, Wow. I knew nothing when I came, but now I know loads and yeah. 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 They're so slowly, but I'm getting there, you know, Mm -hmm. and now I have five friends instead of one and you know, like whatever (laughs) it is, you know, (laughs) Yep. and celebrate that, you know, take a moment to, to celebrate that. Yeah. Nobody else's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you can always celebrate that in the KA international. Yeah. And that's also sweet. We often brag in the group. Bragging is welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> taking a moment to just celebrate yourself as a parent or a woman. Yeah. We, 
love to hear about people's accomplishments or victories over, you know, challenging things in their path. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I will put a link for the Facebook page where you can learn more about that group if you're interested in joining in the show notes. And I will also link up um, off on a whim if you have if you don't already follow that. I actually have one of your bracelets. That, um, one of my rainbow diffuser ones. Rainbow diffuser bracelet. It's so pretty. And it smells nice because you put the oils on the lava beads that are in there. And yeah, that's I so fun. It. Yeah, it's such a nice bracelet. I love wearing it. My kids are always like, Mommy, get where's your bracelet? I love it when kids like my work that always is it's special to me when children comment on it oh really oh good well there you go <laughs> my kids think it's great <laughs> okay well thank you so much Erin it was so lovely to talk to you thank you for inviting me that was not as bad as I expected <laughs> <laughs> not as bad <laughs> No, okay. no, it was actually pretty fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for coming. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Erin from Off on a Whim. I hope you will go and check out her online store and her KA, <laughs> International Mothers Facebook group. So remember, you must be a mother. This is, you know, a group that, you know, it's talking a lot about kids and, you know, raising kids in Japan. So if you're not a mother, then it's potentially not of interest to you. Um, if you are expecting, then you can totally join. So and I would re highly recommend that, especially if it's your first time uh, having a baby in Japan. Definitely um, ask for um, permission to join that group and get to know some of the mothers in there. And you'll probably find quite a few people living in your area. There's a lot of people in this group. So yeah, hop in there and enjoy that community waiting for you. And Erin um, keeps it, you know, a really nice sort of place to hang out. So yeah, go and make the most of that, um, you know, what's available for you there. And I can remember, you know, if I just wish that I had known about this group when my daughter was first born, because I was extremely sort of isolated and alone. That was eight years, nearly eight years ago now. Um, and I didn't know that these things called Facebook groups existed or that, you know, people could actually, you know, get to know each other within that sort of environment. So, yeah, if you're not in there, you go and check it out. I highly recommend yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. And, you know, if you are interested in the Women in Japan Mastermind, shoot me a message and let me know. And, you know, we can do a, a quick one-to-one -one call and find out if this is actually for you. So I really um, want to stress that if it's not for you, then I will let you know because, you know, I don't want you to waste your money and time being in the wrong place. All right. So I will not be taking on anyone who is not a good fit for this group. It doesn't serve the group. It doesn't serve you, that sort of thing. So, you know, shoot me a message. Let me know if you'd like to talk to talk more about it. It's a six-month commitment, so I'll be looking for people who are raring to go for the six months. And, you know, because six months is kind of the time that we need to spend together to see some really significant growth and changes 
in your life or in your business. Um, so yeah, that's why I've decided to go with the six months this time. Um, if you're like, no, that's that's way too, that's way over the top. I'm not quite ready for that. Then you might want to consider the transformations community. This is a paid community that I run for women who want some um, very not it's not so hands-on uh, accountability. So we give you weekly accountability. You can come along and let us know what you're going to be up to. We check in with you to make sure you're getting stuff done. And I put in some um, fun tips and things to help you with your, well, not with your productivity, but just, you know, how to improve um, your lifestyle and the way we're thinking about things. So if you enjoy this podcast, that might be a good option for you as well. And I'll also be taking on two, probably maximum two, one-to-one clients who, you know, maybe they, you know, they really need to work on their things without getting distracted by other, you know, other people's things, or they prefer to have the complete privacy of working one-to-one. So if that's you, then shoot me a message and we'll discuss that too. But please know that I'm only taking I've decided to cap it at two because it is a lot of energy from uh, my side and I'm an an introvert, which may not come across so in this podcast, but I, when, you know, me spending time with people drains my energy levels and then I have nothing left for my kids when they get home from school, right? So I have to be very careful about how I spend my you know, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, and, you know, my energy levels, and make sure that I'm not overcommitting or, you know, doing too much that involves being around other people. So if you're an introvert like me, you'll know what I'm talking about, right? You know, sometimes you just want to shut yourself in the closet (laughs) for a few hours. And if you do, then you feel much better afterwards. You feel like you've rejuvenated. If you're an extrovert, you cannot understand what I'm talking about, probably. Um, When you've been around people all day, you just want to be around people more. You know, it's it's so fun and exciting to be around other people. Um, But, you know, for an introvert like me, that really wears me down. So, yeah, I have to balance that. That said, I don't like to be completely alone all the time either. I'm not on the extreme spectrum of introversion. I'm kind of an extroverted introvert, I think. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we go through phases of that. So yeah, so that's that. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with your friends, you know, um, and Please give Erin a shout out. If you're in the KA um, International Mothers group and you're listening, give her a shout out in the group and say how much you enjoyed it because she was so nervous before we got started. And, you know, if you know Erin, just say, hey, I listened to you. You were really great. Um, Also, if you would like to be on this podcast, please let me know. I'm looking for um, a next guest to come on. Don't wait to be asked. All right. Okay, thank you so much, and I will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Minasan, konnichiwa. Okiki desu ka? Kyo no episode kikitoremashita? Kyo no guest wa Erin-san deshita. Erin-san ma どこの出身ですか? 
そうです。和歌山県の、あの、大阪のちょっと近い方の和歌山県に住んでいます。30年以上前に、あの、日本にやってきて、子供4人かな ?4 人って言ってたかなもう、の、持ってるお母さんです。で、一番下の子は12歳ぐらいなんですね。なので、もう結構、あの、年上の子と、また中学生ぐらいの子供を持ってるお母さんです。で、まあ、英会話も教えてるんですけど、自分のオンラインのビジネスを持ってるんですね。オンラインの、あの、アクセサリーを、あの、アクセサリーを作ってオンラインで売ってますね。オンラインストアがあって。あと、あの、た、例えば近くにいる人のためだったら、あの、なんか、あったりして、そのオーダーメイドもやってるんですね。オンラインのお客さんもスカイプとか使いながらオーダーメイドのブレスレットなどを作ってます。なので、エリンさんの,あのオンラインストアとかフェイスブックページ見るとどんなものを作っているのかを見れるのでぜひあのご覧になってください。あとあの、このエピソードに話したのはあの、KA International Mothers Facebook Group。で、残念なんですけど、日本人のお母さんたちは入れないグループなんですね。あの、日本に、外国人が日本に住んでるお母さんたちの専用のグループなんですね。あの、日本に住んでいろんな、なんか難しいこととか、文化の違い、わからないところとか、あの、なんていうの言語の,あの難しいところとかあるので、そのなんか安全の場所でその話できるスペースを作りました。エリンさんですね。あの結構人数が集まっているんですね。なんか700人ぐらいいるのかなそのグループの中に。私も参加しているんですけど、あのまあ、最近はちょっと<笑>あのそのグループで参加してないんですけど、あの皆さんはお互いにお手伝いしたりサポートしてるのであのそういう困ってるお母さんの外国人お母さんの友達が近くにいればぜひ紹介してくださいあの多分すごく役に立つと思いますあとエリンさん今日話したのはエリンさんの,あの、まあ、日本に来て日本語は知らなかったんですね。30年間の間に、あの、生活しながら日本語を覚えたのほとんどですね。なので、いろんな、あの、面白いミス、あの、言語のミスで面白いハプニングがあったりとかの話もありましたね。あと、あの、皆さんのため、あの、その、外国人が日本に住んでのアドバイスもしました。で、私、あの、アドバイスの一つは、これは日本人でも効果的だと思うんですけど、もし、新しい町に移住した人だったら、例えばね、あの、例えば、いわき市に移住してきた人だったら、あの、新しいコミュニティを作らないといけないんですね。なんか、ママ友も、ね、もういないしな、周りに知らない人ばっかりですごく寂しくなるんですね。なので、あの、そういう移住してきた人とオープンマインドの人が集まる場所はどこだって探してみてください。で、その場所は、あの、いわき市だと一つなのは、その、
国際交流協会なんですね。それは市役所の一部なんですけど、その国際交流会のメンバーは大体、あの、まあ、日本人も,もうメンバーになってもいいし、外国人もな、あの、もメンバーになってるんですね。で、その、あの、共流できるスペース交流、共流じゃなくて交流、<笑>交流できるスペース、スペースとかイベントを作ってる国際交流協会があるんですね。あの、ぜひメンバーになって、まあ、年間に2、3千円ぐらいみたいな感じですね。メンバーになっていろんなイベントの情報があの届けるようになるし、いろんないい人に会えますね。ぜひ、あの、例えばそこに、あの、行ってみてください。あと、まあ、あの、私は日本に来て、あの、日本の性っていうことにしたんですね。いろんな、私の不満なことはいろんな日本の性ですって思ってたんですね。で、例えば、あの、いい仕事を見つからない。日本の性です。あと、あの、住んでるいわき市の性。にして、自分の人生の責任取らないで、あの、そう思ったんですね。ああ、あの、もう、なんていうの、被害者みたいな感じで、あの、まあ、ここ、こんな田舎の町に住んでるから、この仕事しかないんだよね、とか言って、あの、気持ちは悪かったんですね。で、今は、そうじゃなくって、私は自分の人生の、責任者で。自分の人生を責任を持たないとうまくいかない。で、どこに住んでも、あの、チャンスとか、オポチュニティがある。ただ、私たちが見えてない、見てない。見えません。でも、探してみると、現れるんですね。あと、あの、まあ、英語でよく、よく聞かれるの、なんか、ことわざみたいなことなんですけど、あの、英語で、knock and the door will open。なんかやってみて、ドアにコンコンコンって言ったら、ってやったら、ドアがパカッと開ける。ちょっと前に進めるようにとか、何か、あの、ヘルプが来るとか。なので、す、なんか、家で座って、ああ、いわきに住んでるから、あの人生が楽しくないなとかじゃなくて、外に出て、やりたいことを、まあ、やりたいことを自分で決めて、外に出て、やり始める。できる範囲で。あと、人に話す。その、ドアにトントントン。軽くでもトントントンしたら、開けるかもしれないですね。だから皆さん、あの、自分の、あの、シチュエーション、ちょっと考えてみて、あの、何のせいにしてるのか、その、私の不満のことは、何のせいにしてるのか、本当に責任持ってるのもしかしてそうではないかもしれないですね。自分のせ、自分の人生の責任を持たないと今うまくいかないっていうのを覚えてくださいですね。はい。じゃあ、あの、まあ、英語の版で話したんですけど、ジェーンがマスターマインドっていうあのコーチングプログラムが始まるんですね。で、オンラインの英語版が3月13日スタートなので、もし、英語でやりたいな、でも、あの、なんていうのレベルがどうかな私は無理だろうと思ってても、それはダメです
。私はそれを判断するんですね。あの、自分だけで判断しないでください。あの、ぜひ連絡して、やってみたいんですけど、どうですかって。で、私が、ああ、ちょっと難しいなと思ってたら、あの、言いますね。でも、できそうだと思ってるんだったら、あの、進めます。で、まあ、どうしても英語は無理だなと思ってる方、例えば、まだそのレベルではないんだったら、あのー、フェイス・トゥ・フェイスで、みんなで、あのー、まあ、いわき市とか近くに、福島県に住んでる方だったら、いわき市で週、ある場所で集合して、マスターマインドをフェイス・トゥ・フェイス、オフラインで、あの、行うので、それは、あの、3月じゃなくて、4月、4月中旬ぐらいから始まるんですね。あの、4月あたりだったら、ちょっと、あの、のスタートだったらみんななんかいろんな移動とか<笑>忙しいから、4月中旬ぐらいからスタートですね。で、このマーストマインドは6ヶ月間のトレーニングなんですね。で、6ヶ月間の間に変化とか、あの、ね、たなん、なんとか立ち上がるんだったら、その、期間ぐらいはミニマムだと思いますね。それがないとちょっと見えないので、6ヶ月間のプログラム。で、あの、毎月2回、あの、フェイストゥフェイスで集まるっていうことですね。で、その以外の時間はオンラインでやり取りはします。で、それは日本語でやるんですけど、まあ、できれば少し英語を混ぜて日本語でやるので、もし英語が興味だったら、あの、その面もちょっとサポートしますね。なので、あの、かん、あいいなと思っている方だったら、ぜひ、あの、インスタグラムのアットジェインな方にメッセージください。か、フェイスブックのあの、トランスフォーメーションズ with Jane にメッセージください。あの、まあ、早めに、あの、場所を取った方がいいですね。多分8人、オンラインは8人まで、フェイスフェイスは6人ぐらいまでは、うん、の、な限定なんですね。はい。じゃあ、今日はこれで終わりにしますので、来週、またよろしくお願いします。ぜひ皆さん、この、あの、このポッドキャストを友達にシェアしてください。それより、あの、このメッセージ、多くの人に届くと嬉しいです。よろしくお願いします。また来週。See you next week. Bye bye.